2: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. Follow the show on Twitter at LO thunderpod Email the show. LO at gmail.com. Call into the show 405 362 7128. 405 362 Seven one two eight. On today's show, we're going to discuss Delino Gallinari's social media post, Hollinger and Duncan casting a fake trade that would send Ben Simmons to your Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Indiana Pacers hire their next head coach, what that means for the Thunder coaching search. We start, though, with Gallo's social media post. And Gallo goes to Twitter the same way Christian Wood went to Instagram yesterday asking the question, where should he play next season? He's an unrestricted free agent, and the writing was on the wall for a long time, although it seems now uh, that even him, he, he himself is admitting he will not return to the Thunder next season. And we all knew this was coming. It's no surprise, and it's a good thing for both parties involved. The Thunder won a tank. Gallo says he wants to win a championship, and that's one of the few things we do know about this scenario. He was asked a week ago, a whole podcast about it, And he says that winning a championship is his biggest priority. Saying he's not 20 anymore. He's got to try to win. And that's where things get interesting for me. Because I know he will not play a game for Oklahoma City ever again. But you look at the offseason ahead. There was a lot of teams interested him at the deadline. Miami put the full court press on acquiring Gallinari. Miami had a deal in place to acquire Gallinari. The only holdup was the contract extension that he wanted because that would cut into Miami's dreams of getting a big fish in free agency next off season. And you look ahead to this off season, it seems pretty clear the CBA, the salary cap will stay exactly what it was this year. It'll stay that way for next year and the year after. And so you look at teams that have salary cap room and the teams who have the cap space without any other moves This offseason, the Hawks, the Knicks, the Pistons, the Hornets. Now, some teams who can create cap space, the Suns, the Pelicans, and the Heat. Those are teams with significant cap space moving into this offseason. Where are you going to go to win a championship? Where are you going to go to chase a title? Could you convince yourself that going to New Orleans, the same way JT Reddick did, could Ignite that young core and take you to a championship? Could you Could you convince yourself of that? Miami really wanted you, but they seem out on the number you want on your contract. They seem more focused on the next offseason and possibly getting Giannis, possibly getting Oladipo, although it seems like the Oladipo thing uh, is falling through. The, the, the Heat seem to be out on spending money this offseason. And so if those are the only teams with cap space... What is left? It's left up to a sign-and-trade. Meaning that he would sign back with Oklahoma City for the contract he wants. Oklahoma City would then trade that contract elsewhere, uh, the same way that D'Angelo Russell had a sign-and-trade with the uh, Kevin Durant situation with Golden State. Same type of thing. To me, if Gallinari truly wants to win a championship, the way you do that is a sign-and-trade. To where now, Oklahoma City is sitting pretty. Because you not only get the assets for Paul George, you not only get the assets for Russell Westbrook, you not only get the assets for Chris Paul, you not only get the assets for Dennis Schroeder, and now you get assets for Delino Gallinari. As we're seeing the, the Rockets fall apart, we're seeing the Clippers uh, on the brink. This offseason continues to be a successful one for Oklahoma City, and we have not even really dove into it yet. So, who makes sense to sign Gallinari? And what makes this so interesting is you'd be better off to list the teams, list all the teams that don't need Gallinari, that couldn't use Gallinari. He is a knockdown shooter that can spread the floor, space the floor, and help you offensively. You need that. He went cold in the postseason, but other than that, he was fantastic all year long. Gallinari is a good player for a good team. A contending team can absolutely use Gallinari. And I look at two teams I'm very interested in. One of them is absolutely a contender that, that Gallinari might want to go to, and that's the Bucks. The Bucks opening up and spacing the floor a little bit more with Gallinari makes a lot of sense to me. Another one is an under-the-radar move that I'm not sure Gallinari would be in for, and it would take some money being shelled out to him. Uh, But another move is the Timberwolves. Minnesota has said that they want to pair a power forward with Katz, and they just made that big push at the deadline to get D'Angelo Russell. So they're kind of all in on getting back on track and trying to make the postseason in the tough Western Conference. And having Gallinari to provide some offense, to provide some spacing, could help out the Wolves a lot. But again, with Gallinari who has openly said he wants to win a a ring, would he voluntarily go to Minnesota? I think that the only way he gets where he wants to go, if the championship is truly his priority, the only way he does that is via a sign-and-trade. And And look, the Thunder are not going to get some amazing haul for Gallinari. They're just not. But they can get something. And something is better than him walking for nothing. And I think that that kind of played into why Sam Presti did not actively pursue and and aggressively pursue trading Gallinari at the deadline. Look, he had a good deal from Miami come through. He agreed to to it, and then the the two sides, Gallinari and the Heat, couldn't agree to a contract. But it wasn't like he absolutely had to move Gallinari, because if that was the case, he would have done it. But he knew that, okay, I can either take a really good deal right now or a slightly lesser deal after the season, but the writing is on the wall of, If he knows that a championship is what Gallinari wants, the way you get there, the pathway to a championship, is through a sign-and-trade. Because it ain't going to be with the Hawks. It ain't going to be with the Pistons. It ain't going to be with the Hornets. It ain't going to be with the Knicks. It ain't going to be with the Suns. You can probably count out the Pelicans, and then with the Heat, I count them out, not because they can't win a championship, but because they've kind of proven they don't want to pay at the price point Gallinari wants. Now, if that price point that he wants has come down since then, then they re-enter the conversation. But it's pretty clear the way Gallinari gets where he wants to go is via a sign-and-trade. So don't expect anything too crazy for the Gallinari trade. But right now, I'm leaning more towards there will be a sign-and-trade than there won't be. Just with everything that we've heard in his social media post. Which, again, we didn't really need the social media post to know that he was leaving and to know that he he was going to test the market and and go to a new team. Uh, But it kind of just confirmed it himself. There's no need to speculate or have sources anymore. You know Officially, he's gone. It's interesting to think about, let me know who you think Gallinari will sign with and what kind of deal can be made with the sign-and-trade. And And if you agree, do you agree that the sign-and-trade is the best option for Gallinari to obtain uh, a contract on a championship-winning team? But that is one of the stories you follow of many this offseason. And coming up, we'll talk about a blockbuster trade that could happen for Oklahoma City to bring Ben Simmons to Bricktown. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, Use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code On for 20% off your next order. They have six brand new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia. Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. These bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious person losing or maintaining weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. You can use these bars pre-workout, post-workout, or even as a meal replacement. They are just that filling. Bilt Bars are phenomenal. Go to BiltBart.com right now. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 20% off that next order. I cannot recommend Bilt Bars enough. They are the best protein bars. My favorite has to be the banana nut bread option. All these flavors taste exactly as they say. Banana bread truly does taste like banana nut bread, and it's just phenomenal. So go to BiltBart.com right now. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off that next order. Biltbar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, 20% off that next order.
1: Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: So in segment two, I wanted to talk about this possible trade idea. This comes from Hollinger and Duncan's podcast called Hollinger and Duncan. Uh, That's of course, John Hollinger and Nate Duncan. They were throwing around trade ideas to... Uh, Move off of Al Horford's contract for Philadelphia. And Oklahoma City popped up. And it's a trade that I don't think you'll hear anywhere else. Let's listen to it now.
3: Is there any path to offloading Al Horford?
2: Yeah, there's a couple
4: that are sort of interesting to me. I mean, the one I floated uh, and the thing I wrote with Eric Horn and Rich Hoffman a week ago. Could you do something like... Ben Simmons and Al Horford for Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, and like three first-round picks, two of them being like the unprotected ones that OKC has. Yeah. uh, I mean, it's
3: just—it's so hard— to Move on from an all star who's yeah. the age of Ben Simmons. You just signed to a max contract. I mean, it seems like whoever the new coach is, they're going to at least try to give him a chance. And obviously, Harris and Horford didn't work. Are they that desperate to move on from Horford that they would include Simmons as well? And just, I, I mean, the problem I think there is at least here you can talk yourself into, all right, we're going to be a playoff team for at least the next five years with Embiid and Simmons just by having those two guys. Yeah. If we they're- go, if, if we go. Chris Paul he might just get injured this year and be done but he's got one or two years left maybe and we're still you're not winning a championship with that team even if you move Al Horford so I think they still have are hoping that they can get to that level and although it grows more and more remote by the day as he doesn't develop a jump shot and Embiid you know kind of puts on more weight and, and plays less athletically there is a hope still that the upside of Simmons and Embiid is high enough so I, I personally I don't think I would be that interested in that one if I were the, to suggest-
4: the- the underlying reason to do something like that is if you think Embiid is a time bomb physically.
3: Yeah. I mean, it seemed like it. Um, that, that was the, sort of their idea the, in making the Harris trade. But
4: Yeah. The other Horford trade uh, that is at least somewhat interesting to me is Al Horford for Harrison Barnes. Huh. I'm, I'm not sure if another four or five totally makes sense for SAC, especially if they still think Marvin Bagley is good. Uh,
2: but it's something that, you know, I'd at least think about, right? So there you have it. That is the trade uh, that is, is kind of been on my mind today after I heard that clip from Hollinger and Duncan uh, about possibly adding Ben Simmons to this core. And my, my first thought is just, what? what do you mean add Ben Simmons to Oklahoma City? And the more I think about it, just the the more that that kind of gets reaffirmed for me. I understand Ben Simmons is a great player. I think that the excitement level comes with, just that, that he is a great player. Stylistically, I don't think that there's a good fit with Shea. And I am not big on trading the three first-round picks. And not that he's not warranted of three first-round picks. I'm just saying exclusively for Oklahoma City. For Oklahoma City, giving up those three first-round picks would would dramatically reset this rebuild, in a way. You know, that's a move you make down the line. It's, it's like I was saying about um, Buddy Hield. Sure, Buddy Hill's available right now. And sure, maybe Ben Simmons is available right now. But you get further and further down this rebuild, you draft Cade Cunningham next year, you add him to this core, you still have 10 future first round picks, and then you can get the next disgruntled star. Again, sure, the iPhone 12 comes out next week, but next year at this time, the iPhone 13 comes out. So do you really need that new phone right now? Or can you wait? And for the Thunder, I think they can wait. I don't think they need to push all their chips into the middle of the table right now for a Ben Simmons. Defensively, this is a really fun team, right? Defensively, Ben Simmons with Lou Dort by itself is awesome. You add in how versatile I think that 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 Darius Baisley can be defensively, as long as he will lock in and give you that effort on the defensive end, which he has shown he can do in small spurts as a, as a rookie. That versatility, that size, again, Shea has the size and ability to be a switchable defender as well, but he's got to lock in defensively. If all those parts locked in defensively, that's a scary defensive team. But the problem is it's a clunky offensive fit. And you run into that same problem where I view Bays' best asset and skill set as playmaking. I like having the ball in Shea's hands. And I view Ben Simmons' real only asset offensively is playmaking. So... Where do you where do you go offensively? And a lot of this would have to do with who the next head coach is and all of that. But I struggle to find a fit with Ben Simmons next to Shea. Could it work? Sure. Would it be exciting? Yes. But I, I, I think that Ben Simmons has so many limitations to his game. Limitations that he doesn't seem to be working on at all. And I hate to do this, but but it does seem like Ben Simmons is kind of comfortable being the player he is right now, and that's that's no um, shot at him. He's an all star. I mean, he's a he, he's a borderline superstar player at 25 years old. But he seems comfortable in that mold. He doesn't seem like he's actively trying to bust through any any glass ceiling. He's actively trying to you know develop that jump shot. And so I know what the player that Ben Simmons is. And in a vacuum, Ben Simmons is a really 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 good player. Really good player, but whenever you put him next to Shea and you put him next to Dorton Baisley and you put him in this core while losing three first-round picks, two of which in, in historically loaded draft classes, you hear the talk around next year's draft class, you hear the talk about the year after that's draft class, and literally people are putting historic pressure on these prospects. They're thinking about how good these prospects will be, and I don't want to give up that chance for Ben Simmons. And I'll say it right now, for the Thunder, I would rather have Cade Cunningham than I would have Ben Simmons. It's just stylistically not a good fit to me. Defensively, they'd be awesome. But we've seen the Thunder have a good defense before. We've seen the Thunder prioritize defense before. And I think that this kind of accelerates your timeline without you being ready to. I would rather trade first-round picks on the back end after you've already drafted your next building block or your next two building blocks. Then you start trading assets. Not right now. Not this off season. Now taking on Al Horford's contract, I'm totally fine with, because again, you're losing your, your top five biggest contracts in, in, within the year. You're losing, you're losing all five of them within the year. You got to meet that salary floor. I'm totally fine taking on Al Horford's contract, uh, but for a sweetener, such as Matisse Theibel or something, not, not for, also giving up first-round picks and getting back Ben Simmons. I'm not too big on that. But maybe I'm crazy. I think that there's going to be a lot of people who hear the name Ben Simmons and get really excited. But, again, think about it in a vacuum of Oklahoma City, not necessarily just the isolated player in Ben Simmons. I like Ben Simmons as a player. I like watching him. But you put him in Oklahoma City, I don't think that he fits very well. I just don't. I would rather have those three first-round picks. Do I sound like Danny Ainge right now where I'm just trying to hoard draft picks and I, I don't want to give them up? Am I crazy? Or do you agree that Ben Simmons is not the best fit alongside Shea? Let me know on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore LES, that idea, again, comes from the Athletics, uh, John Hollinger and Nate Duncan. That soundbite was from their podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, Hollinger and Duncan. Be sure to go check that out. Wherever it is you get your podcast, they do a great job covering the entire NBA. Let me know what you guys think about that fake trade, though. I I am really interested in the feedback for Ben Simmons, because I do think that he has a a strong name that can get a lot of people talking. And it is easy to talk about. Ben Simmons of the Thunder. It's hard to talk about and awkward and embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, but Roman is here to get you the advice that you want and the help you need with no shame. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will help you find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine and free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Get started with GetRoman.com slash locked on and complete the online visit. Rectitis function used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with doctors and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked on to get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash locked on for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com
0: In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+.
2: And we are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore Sti, I want to dive into the Indiana Pacers hiring their new head coach, Nate Bergen, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Not too sure on that, but he is a Raptors assistant coach. So Nick Nurse's coaching tree begins to grow. And so that leaves the Rockets, the Pelicans, and the Thunder without a head coach right now. And I do like any hire from Nick Nurse's tree, I would imagine. Uh, that that it's a pretty good hire, I, although I don't know too much about Nate. Uh, but, you know, Nick Nurse not only is a good coach himself, he seems like a very good developmental coach, even for his coaching staff, not just his players. It seems like he's very hands-on with the coaching staff and allowing them to peek inside what goes on as a head coach. But of these three jobs remaining, Rockets, Pelicans, Thunder, how would you rank them in most appealing to least appealing? I would say the Pelicans might be most appealing because you got Brandon Ingram, you got Zion, and while the Thunder might have all of those future first-round picks, you don't know what those are yet. And a lot of that is due to what the draft class becomes. And although the next two draft classes seem loaded, what happens after that? You already know your base in New Orleans. New Orleans is closer and actively trying to win. New Orleans is further along that rebuild timeline than Oklahoma City. So they could be bumped up to number one. The Thunder, I think, are number two because you have the benefit of Sam Presti wanting to keep you around. Sam Presti does not want to have a revolving door at head coach. That's why he's taking his time with this hire. He wants to give this hire a long leash. He's proud of the fact that this is only the fourth hire in Thunder history, the fourth head coach in Thunder history. And you're going to get time. And you're going to get at least a little bit of input around the team building structure. Although Sam Presti will take care of 99% of it, but Sam Presti is someone you can trust with that team building aspect of it. And then I have the Rockets because the Rockets are in such disarray right now. You're going to have to deal with a new GM you're dealing with a roster. We know is not good enough to win. We fear is going to get blown up in a year. And you're going to be stuck with all new players and it's something you did not sign up for at all. And the pressure falls on you to make it work with this group and this core. Even though nobody could make it work with this group and this core. Greg Popovich could make it work. You know, none of the no Hall of Fame coach can make it work. No one can make this core work, but that's going to be the expectation level, at least for the first season. And then from there, James Harden could request a trade so Westbrook could continue to regress. You just never know what can happen. So I rank the Rockets last, and from there, you can flip-flop who is first between the Thunder and the Pelicans. I have Pelicans first just because you absolutely know their core and you feel comfortable with that core. And the Thunder second because I still love the Thunder uh, plan, and, and having Shea is a big deal. Having Dort on, on pennies on the dollar, having Bazley on a rookie contract still, Shea on the rookie contract still, 14 future first-round picks, all that's great. The, the big kicker also being how much faith Sam Preston will put in, into you and how much leash he'll give you and how much time you'll spend in this organization. That's also good. So I, I rank them second right now, but you could convince me that they're first. Absolutely. I just don't want to sound like too much of a, of a homer right now. But I do want to talk quickly about the best available coaches. And... My list hasn't changed too much, but I do know that this is an everyday podcast and some people cannot keep up with it every single day. And so you might've missed it, but my top five have only changed slightly. I got Becky Hammond. Number one, I think that she's a very talented coach. This would be a good environment for her. uh, Given the fact that you are going to get that long leash, there's not going to be expectation to win right away uh, in Oklahoma city. And not only is Oklahoma city tanking for a better pick and a better selection and a better team building process, but unlike most tanking teams, This team, while they're going to compile losses, this team will be in close games. This team will not get run out of the gym every single time. You're going to have moments with Shea. You're going to have moments with Dort and Baisley. You're going to have those moments that that will um, really be able to show the world you can truly coach. Number two is Jerry Stackhouse. I love what Stackhouse has done in the G League. I love the development aspect he's had of uh, of young players like Brennan Ingram, young players like OG Anobi, young players like Fred Van Vliet, young players like Pascal Siakam. Uh, he has helped that Raptors core. He's helped Brandon Ingram. He is a good developmenter coach, and he took that job at Vanderbilt, which I still do not understand why he did that. This one seems further and further away, and it seems the least likely because the college basketball season starts in less than a month now, and you know, they've started practicing in, at Vanderbilt. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would just leave that organization, that program, high and dry, even for an NBA job right before the season starts. And you kind of twiddled your thumbs enough, if you're Sam Presti, to not hire someone in the college ranks. I think that college coaches are out right now for the Thunder, uh, or it would create a really bad reputation for these guys and burn bridges for these guys if they ever do want to return back to college. If they get fired from the Thunder or if the NBA doesn't work out or whatever, it would burn a lot of bridges for them, uh, especially Jerry Stackhouse who has not proven anything yet in college. Uh, so, I think he's out. Number three is Adrian Griffin. He is still who I think is the most likely hire for the Thunder. Former Thunder assistant coach, spent time in Toronto as well, uh, has has done a great job in Toronto since moving there, was a big involvement in developing Jeremy Grant and developing a lot of, of the Thunder young guys. Bringing him back would be awesome. Kenny Atkinson, number four. I like all the stories I hear about Kenny Atkinson, and you can go listen to more podcasts from earlier. Coaching is always in the title of the podcast I talk about coaches for, and so you can go back and find those podcasts and listen for a more in-depth view of all these coaches. Number five, I have Will Hardy. Will Hardy finds his way to the top five for the first time in my, on my big board, but that's because there seems to be a lot of traction for the Spurs assistant coach. We know that Sam Presti loves Spurs assistants. We know that Sam Presti loves the Spurs organization. Will Hardy fits that uh, bill. Will Hardy... You know, seems like a pretty sneaky candidate to be that under the radar young coach that you hire and turns out to be really good. So, Will Hardy comes in at number five, although I know the least about. Will Hardy of the five names on my big board. I know a ton about Becky Hammond, 10 about Jerry Stackhouse, 10 about Adrian Griffin, 10 about Kenny Atkinson. Not so much about Will Hardy as he's more of an under the radar assistant. But again, he's from that Popovich tree. He's from that Spurge organization. It seems like someone that Sam Presti would dip his hand into. But that's my top five uh, best available coaches right now and my top five big board. So you can check out the previous big boards for coaches on this very podcast feed, the only Thunder podcast that happens every single Day. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about the NBA draft again. I'm probably going to do a mock draft tomorrow, a little fun mock draft for a Thursday. And then on Friday, we're going to have a special guest, Keith Smith of Ya who sports and Celtics will be joining the show to dive into this off season. What's going to happen for Oklahoma city this off season. We'll find out with Keith Smith on Friday loaded week here. The only podcast that happens every single day about your Oklahoma city thunder. So be sure to subscribe and review wherever it is. You get your podcast from be good and be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow on locked on thunder.